Do you love watching sports highlights? Five Star, the world's first sports highlight rating app is here. Athletes and fans can share, view, and rate the best sports highlights between one and five stars. The app is comment-free and has athletes of all skill levels, even pros like Kylie O'Miller, Kyle Harrison, and the 2022 PLL MVP, Trevor Baptiste. Download Five Star Highlights to earn yours. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Quintessential Lacrosse Podcast. We bring in Michigan head coach Kevin Connery, and I was at Michigan uh, and uh, Ann Arbor last Saturday for their uh, football game against Nebraska coach, and I got to tell you, I was watching the weather all week long. I saw it was going to be cold and in the 30s. And then suddenly I woke up Saturday morning and it was like rain and snow. It was where did that come from? And every single person I talked to said, oh, welcome to Michigan. <laughs> you know, we've been pretty fortunate here this fall. We've had unbelievable weather. Two days before that, it's 75 degrees out. I'm running around with shorts on. And then, you know, nature has a, a, a nice way of taking their their personality back. You know, so we got out there. We had some quality Michigan weather over the weekend. And, you know, that's a great time to put your put your snow cap on and, you know, sit around a fire pit. Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. Uh, it, and it did not spoil the atmosphere. That was just uh, incredible. Fans were out early and often. There's so much passion, so much uh, loyalty and tradition in town. The place was, was packed to the rafters again, more than 100,000. And I just wanted to ask you in terms of, momentum and vibe and feeling on campus and feeling in the athletic department like what is it like to ride sort of the wave that that the football program can create for the for the entire department yeah Ann Arbor has a certain energy around football season it certainly is it's got that you know it's got that school spirit that everybody loves everybody walks around town everybody has a block M on um, and then when you look at the momentum and when they're having a really good season it is infectious it infects everybody in the athletic department it's the trickle down effect you know our our football programs our flagship program you know we are in fact a football school and and that's great they set the tone they help us out with the financials they 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 kind of build and expand our brand to a global level and when they're flying high and having a uh, a great season. I think you can see the people around here just get more and more excited, not just about football, but Michigan athletics. And so people are more excited about the start of our hoop season, how hockey is doing, you know, field hockey as they finish their seasons, the soccer's, And then as we shift gears into the winter and then eventually the spring sports, everybody has that great energy and excitement around it. And it's, and it's starting from the tone of football. You know, if football doesn't have a great season, people are a little bit less excited about Michigan athletics. Um, the reality is uh, football is a great ambassador for college athletics here. And it's a great ambassador for the overall brand of Michigan athletics. Well, tell me about your autumn uh, coming off a, a set of scrimmages. Where are you guys now in November? Is this uh, strictly weights and running? Is there some individual time? How, how do you approach uh, the time between now and the end of the semester? So we're in our eight-hour period right now in, in November. So we're going to spend more time with our strength and conditioning coach than, um, you know, the NCAA allows a four-and-four four split. We're actually going to take more of like a four-and-a-half with our strength coach, Jason Cole, who does a great job, put our boys in the weight room, get them bigger, right, put really the, the meat and potatoes on them, and then we'll run a little bit with him as well. Today we got stadium runs, so that stadium that we uh, that you were hanging out in, over uh, over the weekend we're gonna go ahead and, and touch a lot of those stairs we're gonna touch a lot of those stairs um 
And then we're going to do about three and change of lacrosse. And we're not going to do helmets and gloves and pads and skill work. We'll do a portion of that. But mostly it's going to continue the competitive spirit where we can go ahead and, and keep some contact up, keep our keep our legs underneath us, keep our competitive juices going a little bit more in that limited amount of time. We feel like with our group, we get better when we just compete. And uh, we're, we're seeing a lot of gains so far in November. That stadium's got, I think, about 80 rows, if, if I'm not mistaken. I was burning. Uh, the quads were burning walking back to the TV truck uh, on Saturday, early evening after Michigan's win. Uh, I, I want to ask you about the fall. You had a competition. Apparently, uh, one scrimmage went well. The other was not as, uh, you know, in terms of scoreboard. But what you learn, uh, what, what are the takeaways from the competitive part of, of your fall? Well, I think the competitive part of our fall was really we have a um, we have a veteran roster. I think this is the first fall we can walk away and say we have seniors and graduate students in key positions. Um, and so we were really excited about that. But when you have a veteran roster, Nick's bumps and bruises start to get kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, they start to get a little bit more we start to become a little bit more conservative with those guys. You know, we had a heavy dose of guys out during our first scrimmage and uh, we were able to get out there and, and got knocked around for about a couple minutes, probably for the better part of the first half. But what we learned is our group is also resilient. We had a lot of guys taking their first taste of college lacrosse. A lot of freshmen get in and runs out there with a lot of the, the injuries that we had. And we saw what we had in some of those young guys to really add some value and depth to our roster. And then, you know, we took a look at ourselves through the week. We had a, another scrimmage the following week against a quality opponent came out and, and guys just competed at a higher level. And when you're able to compete at a high level, good things just start to manufacture themselves. So um, it's been a really productive fall. You know, I think we really look at it as, you know, in any fall, you're kind of hoping you have those growth mindset games where you can come back and say, hey, here's one went well, but here's really where we can improve. And you want to see that improvement over the, the following week. So our guys are, are really excited about what we've done in the fall. And we have incredible energy around here. Great positive momentum as we finish up. And we're about, you know, only a few days left here of our fall of our fall program. And then we're going to hang them up. Uh, before we get into your personnel, I, I do want to ask you about two things, uh, really three. Uh, we'll, we'll start with the staff. Uh, Justin Turry, uh, congratulations to Justin for getting the head coaching job at St. John's. It, it'll be no easy chore for him, but I like the fit, and, and I think he's a young coach with a bright future. Uh, uh, so that shakes up your staff. Coach, how, how did you react? Oh, I was so excited for Justin. Justin has a young family. He's got a great pedigree. He's a great lacrosse coach. I think uh, he was ready for this opportunity, and we're we're so happy for him as he moves on and starts his uh, head coaching career. Uh, but it also gave us an opportunity to take a step back and reevaluate where we were as a program and what we needed and how we were going to fill a couple of those holes. And some of the things that stood out were obviously we wanted an offensive-minded guy, um, you know, I think one of the things we went out to is some youthful energy and, uh, we were able to find that and find that with Scott Vita and Scott has had a, a good, uh, a really solid start to his coaching career as he was the offense coordinator at Lafayette, but it wasn't really about X's and O's. I think everybody we talked to around the business and got to know, um, was Scott's competitiveness, which was big. And you saw that in, 
in his play when he was at Rutgers and what he was able to help that program do, but also just his character, right? His character and how he treats um, every day as an opportunity to help somebody get better. And uh, that's been a real great addition to our locker room. And then coming in, we also were able to secure his brother, Mark Bita, as our volunteer coach. And now he comes in uh, starting his college career. And, you know, the, um, again, a really high character human being, a blank slate where he is open to learning and doing, and he just goes out and attacks every day with, you know, that quest for knowledge that you love to see in your volunteer coaches. Fed up with the same old generic lacrosse clothing? Check out Hobo Lags, the new up-and-coming lacrosse streetwear company, making even the dustiest of players look drippier than a chocolate sundae. Visit www.hobolax.com and use code QUINT to get 15% off your first purchase. That's hobolax, H-O-B-O-L-A-X.com and the code QUINT, Q-U-I-N-T, all caps, for 15% off your first purchase. Briefly, I want to hit on some uh, Wolverines and the pros. Two guys I encountered, two Michigan alums, Kyle Jackson, whose compete level whose professionalism, whose training, I, I was just blown away by, by his approach. And then uh, Mikey Slosser, uh, champion for the Water Dogs. What a great team guy he really is. Uh, you just sense he, he's a leader of that group uh, using, you know, his the, the strength of his personality really to lead pros. I, I couldn't have been more impressed with those two gentlemen than I saw this summer. Yeah, I think you, you couldn't pick two better – ambassadors for Michigan lacrosse than those two and, and they're totally different from what I've had an opportunity to experience you know I didn't get a chance to coach those guys so I think coach Paul John Paul did a great job securing those guys and building his roster building with guys like that but what they're doing in the pro levels is fantastic um, for for our brand and what we can do as a program and now as we see some more guys coming up the pipes we're anticipating and hoping that we can see a couple more pros uh, make it to the next level, but it's because of guys like that. Schedule last season, you guys opened uh, seven and zero before Big Ten play. Uh, I anticipate that the Big Ten will be as as strong as ever this season. Uh, I'm unofficially you haven't released your schedule, but I I know you've upgraded uh, dramatically uh, in in the 2023 season. What can you tell fans about the upcoming schedule? I'm really excited about the schedule. You know, every year we walk into it knowing that the Big Ten is going to be some of the best lacrosse in the country and it's going to be a slugfest. And it's six, four gorillas who are looking to rip your face off. And that's the kind of brand of lacrosse that I really love. Um, but this year, you know, last year we had to go into the, se the season based on, on a lot of different factors, you know, coming off of a COVID year, you know, with limitations and travels for us and for other people. You know, our schedule wasn't as strong as we had liked it, uh, but this year we made a concerted effort to get out. Uh, we are we are able to travel again a little bit more freely, and we're going to take advantage of that. We're going to get on the road. We're going to get into some warmer, warmer climates. We're going to play some top-tier talent. Um, I can say that we're going to open up the season. You know, uh, right now we haven't officially released our schedule, but we are going to open up our season at Charlottesville and play the University of Virginia. And then from there, we're going to be on the road for some tough contests um, that uh, we really believe will sharpen our knife, knives until we get to the Big Ten season. And that's really what we're focusing on, you know, making a big jump in Big Ten and using our out-of-conference in order to get ourselves to a point where we're ready to compete for a Big Ten title. 
That's exciting. Hopefully we can get that uh, Michigan at Virginia game on the ACC network or ESPNU. Uh, I'm guessing that would be in February. Okay. So I got your board last year. I was in town. I think I did your Rutgers game on a beautiful uh, Saturday morning. Uh, I think it was in April, sunny or uh, stadiums. Unbelievable. The facilities at Michigan take a backseat to nobody, but I got this board from last year, coach. And I got every player coming back. Nick Rowlett, the Fogo. I know he was, I listed him as a senior, but I, I think he's coming back. The only guy I have a question mark is Andrew Darby on defense, but otherwise they're all back. He's back too. Yeah, he's, he's back, back too. So every I, guy, I, significant player from last year, I, I got is coming back. Is that accurate? That is accurate. The one that we're, we, we've said goodbye to was a great captain for us and grad student Jackson Zog who played uh, long stick midfield and he did a great job as a, as a guy who can uh, add a lot of depth to our roster and, and help us out on game day. But yeah, the, every, um, everybody with some points is back, you know, and I think we've added good, uh, some solid players along the way uh, in our freshman class that we're really excited about too. Plus you get Bryce Clay who was injured and did not play last season, correct? That is correct. We're, we're, yeah. Bryce is working his way back into the lineup. You know, he's, he's finally back into full contact mode and, finishing off fall and the the best moment I think in the in the fall season was uh when Bryce you know ran out into the field for the first time with his helmets and gloves on and uh joined the offense the whole program stopped everybody stopped and watched him run out there and gave him a, a standing ovation it was one of the coolest moments I've had as a coach you can tell the level of respect that Bryce Clay has here in our program uh, this is this is something else it's very rare that a team will return intact in any college sport during any season. Uh, I want to start on the attack with uh, Mikey Bame and Josh Zawada. Zawada got off to just an electric start last season, kind of cooled a little late late in the year. What, what are your expectations for, for those two guys who are now battle-tested, proven, and dangerous? Yeah, I think it's more leadership now. I, I think we've – you know, the way that we like to play is we like to push some tempo. We like to be able to get up and run transition, but you can't just play a whole game that way. You need your attack to manage the game. And those two have the ability to take the next step as game managers, not just as dynamic players, um, you know, push when we need to push, pull when we need to pull, get guys in the right spots, you know, while still being playmakers, you know, and uh, we have a new offensive system here and, Coach Pete is putting those guys in great spots uh, in order to be successful, you know, but they're more importantly, I think everybody here is just bought into the idea that we don't have one guy to do it all. You know, you, you just hit on, we have all returning veterans. Everybody has played a significant amount of minutes. Um, so there's going to be a lot of experience out there. It's not going to be one guy has to take the reins. Yeah. Ryan Cohen got some time uh, last year as a freshman playing on attack. Uh, he's a Florida native played with uh Guys like Eric Dobson and Dylan Hess down for that Sweet Lax program. So it'll be interesting with Clay back, maybe Cohen. I would guess maybe we'll see him playing a dual role. But I'll talk about midfielders. Uh, Jake Bonomi, like he, his his energy, his compete level, to me, stirs a lot of what I see uh, when I watch Michigan play on tape. Yeah, I think he hit it on the head. You know, he was banged up. He missed our scrimmages this fall. And that first scrimmage, you could see that void where his leadership or his lead by example or his fire and his energy. I mean, he, some, he comes out of the box, like his hair is on fire and, uh, and he gets, he can, he can start our party a good amount. Um, 
you know, we're really excited about his senior campaign and what he's going to bring to the table. And I think what's great about him is he's diversifying his game every year. And we're going to see a much, uh, a much different product in the field. And I think it's just a credit to his work ethic. How has Justin Brown uh, developed, matured, uh, or, or, you know, how, how has he progressed from what was a little bit of a breakout season last, last year? Yeah, I think Justin is is building off of the successes of last year. I think, you know, when he is um, healthy and comfortable, he's the most dynamic guy in the field. Um, what he's added is just to that, um, I think he's got a more comfortable sense of where he needs to be on the field. And he's a guy that you can just put the ball in a stick and say, hey, run by this guy and score, and he can do it. You know, and I think that's something that, you know, uh, we're really excited about our offense. Defensively, I got Jack Whitney, Ryan Schreiber, Andrew Darby as some of the leading candidates. Uh, really good length in that group, Coach. All you know, six one, six two ish, athletic. W- what do you need to see from them in the spring? You know, I think, I think you know, for us, we're excited about that group. We're going to push Schreiber up to the long stick midi, um, and and we have some guys who can really compete for that third spot. You know, I think for us, we're. We want, we're excited about the physicality that we bring back. I think they're long, they're lanky, but they also, you know, add a lot of physical, the physical tools that help us be successful. We also have a few other guys in the mix and a guy who redshirted last year, a transfer from Vermont named Wilson Sneath, who's going to push for time. Um, he's had a really solid fall. Uh, he's another really long, lanky defenseman, but also he's got that physical presence, you know, that we're really excited about. And, you know, and then adding a freshman to the mix, you know, uh, in Jimmy Pisani at the long stick midfield position is just a big athletic guy who can run the field. Uh, so we're big. We're a little bit long. You know, we're, we're looking to see those guys create more of a presence in terms of physicality. And once we can have a more physical style, I think you'll see a big jump. What did you see from goalie uh, Shane Carr this, this fall? Is, is he in a battle for that spot or has he cemented it? No, every day you're out there. I think all of our guys are in a battle every day to continue to work their spot. I think Shane has shown some maturity now that he's been a senior, uh, a junior starter, has a has a year under his belt, did a great job to win the job last year. Um, you know, I think when you're comfortable, you get – you certainly have some things kind of fall off your game. He's consistently sharpening his knife and working his tail off this ball in order to become a more complete goaltender, which I'm excited about. And then he's getting pushed by everybody around him, you know, adding, uh, you know, having a senior like Mac Fodiades to push him a junior uh, with Cam and then a freshman with Hunter Taylor coming in. Um, He is, he's really dynamic as well. So there's, there's four guys that no matter what happens, we feel great about putting them in the net. Michigan is moving up, you know, last year, the big start and then a disappointing finish. I know you guys are an inch away. Uh, you guys are really close to turning the corner. When, when you make bullet points as okay, we we've got to do this, this, or this to to get this program over the top. What 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 are what are things on on the, on that list? What what are uh, what are talking points with your team to try to to try to get over the hump because you're so close? Yeah, we our biggest thing. We want to turn one goal losses into one goal wins. You know, and I think that you you see progressions of programs, right? You know, at first we were a little bit overmatched when we first got here. We built our program to get more competitive, right? So we were losing by a lot. Then we started losing by a little. We want to get over that win by a little 
And then once you start to get that more comfortable, that killer instinct, that feeling that you can do it no matter what the game is on the line, is how it's happening, then you can kind of explode and move forward from there. And that's how we prove, that's how you see programs progress. Um, for us, we talk about how to win and how to do it on a day in and day out basis, right? So that we don't get caught up in almost that, you know, that, that quicksand where you're fighting harder than you need to in order to go ahead and, and turn the tides. We're just focusing on our process on a day in and day out basis to make sure that we're just doing little things and letting the game happen. It's a long lacrosse. Lacrosse is a long game. It's a long game. You know, whatever happens in the first two minutes, you know, could be significantly different than what happens in the last two minutes. So stay in the course, being part of the process. I know it's kind of coach speak. I know you hear coaches say it all the time, but I guess there's a reason why we all say it because it's kind of, it's, it's kind of true. Do you, uh, do you have a team model coach? Do, does that change yearly if so? Or, you know, what, what are the, what are the foundational things in terms of culture, in terms of what you guys, the identity of your program uh, kind of take me through building that, that team for 2023. Yeah, this year we took a little bit of a different approach. I think we wanted to make sure, we, you know, we talk a lot about in the past about core values, who we want to be, how we want to be there. You know, I think now this year we we sat back and said, you know what, um, I think we all looked each other in the eye and just said, why are we here, right? And, you know, and we 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 tend to throw around winning a lot, you know, and just say at the end result, um, you know, I think lacrosse is such a big part of our lives. Right. And we want to make sure that we focus on that for sure. But it's what we do. It's not who we are. We wanted to find a bigger purpose for our guys. You know, we're at the greatest university in the world, um, you know, with some some amazing people here. You know, what are we doing here in terms of our purpose? And our guys came up with some great stuff and just, you know, uh, for them to kind of step back and look at what's happening and find our purpose. Our North Star was really imperative for us to take big leaps this fall. And what's happened for us is we've talked about our purpose and we, we came to a point where we said, look, this is, this is our unifying effect. And one of the more important things our guys wanted was to continually grow the relationships. And what I've seen in this program has always been a close knit group of guys. But what we've seen is we've taken steps to go ahead and expand that to say, Hey, we're also, we're great friends, but now we're also great teammates. We're holding each other more accountable to our standards. We're, we're, putting ourselves out there to be more vulnerable and say, Hey, I see this. It's not right. We can move forward past that, past that and understand that relationship that we have as, as teammates, you know, goes past just that friendship model, but we're out there to make each other better on a day in a day out basis. So it's been, um, it's been a really productive fall. And I think it, what I've noticed it had created avenues for more leadership opportunities for a heavy senior class that may not have a C on their chest, but what it allows them to do is find things that they can grasp hold and be passionate about and really accelerate it. I love it. Uh, what's our why? What's our purpose? Being a little less results oriented and, and maybe a little more relationship and process based. What, what, what's your why, coach? When, when you come to work with that beautiful mustache you got rocking right now in November and you fire <laughs> up that coffee machine and, and your, awesome, your awesome facility that I love so much. Uh, at, at you know what's 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 your why what gets you in, in that car every morning and excited to come to work you know i i like to treat this place first of all i'm the luckiest guy in the world 
I drive into work every day and I can't believe I'm the head coach of Michigan. I really can't. You know, I think it's a it's a complete dream come true. But I get up every morning and I have three little girls and a, and a beautiful wife, you know, and I take that mentality or I'm trying to take that mentality more more every day to bring it here to this office and say, hey, I'm here. You know, I I love to win. Sure. I love to compete. I love to do all that stuff. But I really am and geeked out about getting to know my guys and, and being with them and being out of practice. And, you know, uh, so that's really why I come to work. I think I have an amazing staff. I get to just hang out with them, uh, you know, for, for long periods of a day. I got, we're doing individual meetings now. So I get kids coming into my office, you know, all throughout the day. So it's uh, that's the why right there, you know, um, seeing these guys, you know, grow, learn, have failures, but then kind of battle back and then have successes and then have success and realize why they're having success and keep up that model. You know, and I think that's, uh, it's great stuff because then I can take it home and help my kids grow and and get better there too. So that's kind of the why. Kevin, for those fans who don't know, Kevin played uh, at Johns Hopkins, graduated in, I believe in 04, was a part of some some great teams, uh, a tough you know tough national championship loss obviously in in '03, and then uh, later as an assistant at Maryland. Uh, so you you you've seen like you've seen programs when they're humming, when when they're when they're when they're powerful and dominant. And what what are what, what are some of the traits you think that maybe that Hopkins, your time at Hopkins and your time at Maryland, that you're trying to instill uh, w- w- with your folks now at Michigan. You know, I think one of the things that kind of sits into my mind are the people that had the most influence on the group. And I think of two guys that come to mind from my playing experience, totally different players, totally different individuals. You know, when I was a freshman, a guy named Noah Hunt was one of the best human beings I ever met. And he didn't play much. He was a walk on, but he was a guy that just cared about Hopkins lacrosse, cared about his teammates. And uh, I'll never forget him in, in terms of what he did to me for me as a young freshman. Um, but then you turn into a leader like Adam Doniger, who set a standard. And that standard was met, you know, because you just and you wanted to do it for Adam. And uh, he was a guy that his leadership brand kind of carried that 03 team past a lot of big obstacles. And um, you, you, you just wanted to compete because he was the ultimate competitor. And you see the same thing when, you know, during those times where, where I was at Maryland, it's the players that take control of the locker room who lead with character, but hold their teammates to the highest standard. I think, you know, some of the greatest coaches in the world will tell you the best teams coach themselves. Yeah, we can doodle up the X's and O's and all that stuff. But in terms of the will and the uh, and the passion, that comes from the individuals in the locker room. And it's usually got that one guy who can really kind of stir that drink and have everybody around him kind of, kind of carry that standard. So I, I, that's what I look for when you look at successful teams. Who's stirring the drink in the locker room? Who's the guy that can have, have that influence and put it in a real positive way? Because it can go the other way, right? There can be a group of guys who can stir it the negative way. Um, it's a real fickle fickle place, the locker room. And uh, when you have a dominant personality who can carry it, I think it's really impactful. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I, you know, I see this arms race in lacrosse, and people ask me all the time, you know, just for recruiting in terms of recruiting, what, what, what I think about school X or school Y or school Z. And to me, it always comes down to the people. It's like, you know, you can, you can have as many trophies as you want in, a, in an office or in a lobby and you can put up banners and you can have a beautiful stadium. Like I could care less. I, I, honestly, it, it is 100% about people. Uh, 
the people in the program, the people on the team, uh, and, and those who have come before and, and will come after. I can't agree with you more. I, we do this recruiting thing all the time, and we have great facilities. We have great bricks and mortar, um, but we do surround ourselves with incredible support staff. Um, but our best sale is our best sell is we we let the let our guys have them, and we have uh, we may have great and pretty things. We have an unbelievable school, but at the end of the day, we have the best dudes in the world. And you know, I'll put these guys up against any locker room. Who uh, I'm going to finish up with. Uh... In terms of you and, and what you do as a dad and as a, as a coach, who, who's your hero? Who's, who's someone in, in your in your life who, who you've uh, who, who you draw strength from? Well, my dad's my hero. I mean, um, he's a guy that kind of set a standard for us as kids about how to work, right, and how to be there. You know, he's um, he was in the business world, but he traveled a ton. Um, you know, there were there were weeks where we we had to kind of sacrifice a little bit of time with him so that he can go out and establish and you see his work ethic and integrity, even through some of the financial crises out there and how he withstood it all and how valuable he was to any corporate entity. I think that was really huge. Um, you know, and then I look at, you know, the two impactful coaches in my life, Marcelo Sandoval, who's my high school coach. You know, he's a guy that really helped me blossom as a high school athlete and helped me get on a path to where I was going. And I don't think I would be in this business if it wasn't for him. Um, and then ultimately how to, you know, the competitive nature of coaching and, and um, a big influence in my life was also Dave Petromala, who I played for, you know, and, and he's a guy that, you know, I can look back and, you know, I've learned so many great lessons from that have really helped me, um, especially through some, some of the more difficult and challenging parts of my life. So, you know, you have three really great influences there to help me, uh, build my brand and what I'm doing today. That's fantastic, Coach. Yeah, you know it's interesting when things aren't going well. You 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 you, you tend to th you know reach back and and uh, re rely on the folks that you really trust in your life. Uh, it's I it, it's uh, it's ironic. You know we 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 share the love of our our high school lacrosse coach. Mine was Larry Glenn's at Limburg High School, and uh, our bond is is still strong. And it really has nothing to do with lacrosse. It was just. Uh, his impact uh, on on my development as a, as a young person. I mean, outside my family, I would I would say he's the most impactful person uh, in, in my life and and, and school. And and that's the responsibility of a coach. Uh, you know, you 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 have that opportunity on a daily basis to be that person for, for a roster of uh, fifty five guys. Absolutely. You know, I think even for young coaches, gets caught up in W's and L's. You know, I think at some point we all do in our careers. I think, you know, hitting the reset button and realizing why you do it and what you're doing here. We aren't creating millionaires and pro athletes. You know, we're, we're creating, you know, professionals and something else and something that, you know, won't involve a stick and a ball. So, uh, you know, those traits and those attributes, you know, I think that's a consistent learning environment for us as coaches, myself as a coach too. How can I continually improve that? That's, that's kind of where, where I am in my career. Well, I enjoyed our time in Ann Arbor last weekend. It was my second trip. There was probably about a 60-degree temperature difference. But, man, Coach Harbaugh's got it going on. I think last year's senior class, Aiden Hutch Hutchinson, guys like Josh Ross, really pushed the right buttons last year, and it's rolling right now. I think they're about 22-2 and two since COVID, two weeks away from that great matchup against Ohio State. Well, where will you watch that game from, Coach? Oh, that's going to be on the couch. You know, I got my whole family coming into Ann Arbor here for 
for Thanksgiving. It's one of my favorite times of the year. Um, I think it's the best holiday in the year because you just sit down and you eat. Um, and I am really, really good at that, you know. And uh, so, uh, but that's that's a big part of our our tradition. There, we make sure that we put a big spread out there, and we we're we're going to be right in front of the television for that game. That was the that, coolest sporting event I've ever been to last year's. It was oh, yeah. the most unbelievable sporting event. Just the energy, the excitement, the weather, everything contributed to it. And of course, the big uh, big W for the Wolverines is always great. But you know, I, I think when you get into that stadium, you feel that energy and that, all that positive and the big rivalry. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's like none, none other. I'll, I'll end with, yeah, I, I, I had the, I was lucky to cover three of those games. The last time Michigan actually won when Brady Hoke was the coach uh, was a game in Ann Arbor about 10 years ago. Uh, and the sun was out that day. It was like 70 degrees. It was my, my, uh, my second Ohio state Michigan game. The prior one was, was at in Columbus, uh, when, when Michigan was struggling with coach Rodriguez, but man, that game that day like you 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 just put me there it's the most invigorating experience uh to the senses that that i've ever experienced covering athletics so enjoy it on your couch uh i'm not sure where, where i'll be but uh it'll be fun to watch and continued success to you uh your new staff and, and your and your experienced team can't wait to see you. hopefully we get that uh, michigan at virginia game on the acc network or espnu i'm sure it's early february yeah. Yeah. I think we're really excited. Uh, thank you so much for having me on your podcast here. And I appreciate you. You, you listen to us and give me an opportunity to talk about our team. Thank you, coach. Great to talk with you. Good luck. And a special thanks to our technician, Nick Z, probably the biggest Wolverine fan there is uh, out there in America.